0: as we find ourselves in this place. Just for a few moments, if we can just continue to worship, maybe not in song, but like as we stand before the the Lord, as we have just sung about His awesomeness, about His, His amazing way that He gave His life for you and for me, that we could have life in Him, that we could be forgiven of sin, that we could triumph over death, that sin no longer has a hold of us. If we can just, for a few moments, just... You and the Lord, just thank Him. Praise Him however you want in your heart, with your words, whatever. And just for a few moments, just say, God, we're here for you. We love you. Thank you for what you're doing. Thank you for what you've done. Thank you for what you will do. Lord, we want to be open to your presence, open to your spirit, open to your word tonight. Lord, we desire you to come and change us from the inside out. Because we're grateful that we serve the living God not an idol made by man's hands or out of wood or stone, but the creator, God, who created everything we know. Lord, we're here for you. We're here to receive from you. We're here to give back to you, God. i really just love you. few more moments, you know, for some it might be a bit strange, but sometimes just whitening one's heart and just trying to focus on God and what he's doing is an amazing thing. It just kind of settles everything, you know, gives him some time just to speak. Um, so, So often we just speak too much, I think. Lord, just speak to us, God. Thank you, Lord. feeling like the Lord's saying, um, as a person or persons here tonight that are desperately in need, desperately in need of a, of a shift, of a change, It's a feeling like he's, he's trying to get your attention tonight, um, you've tried stuff, you've tried to fill your heart with things and with activities, um, with finances, with food or whatever it is. But you still find yourself in this place where you're just not satisfied. Your soul is just not satisfied, and I just feel like the Lord is saying to you specifically tonight that He's here. He's knocking on the heart of the door of your heart, and He and He wants to come in and He wants to shift that tonight. And so I'm saying that out front just so that you be aware that He He loves you, and He's He's desiring your attention tonight. So Father, if those people are here, which I believe they are, Lord, that You'll just soften. Open, shift, change, Lord. No person can do that. Only you can. And Lord, we want to trust by the end of this evening, Lord, that you've done a great work in them. And that there be peace that transcends all understanding. Joy unspeakable. Freedom like never before. And just a sense of belonging in your family. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thanks, guys. It's amazing. You guys are welcome to find your seats. I'm, I'm very aware that the kids are with us tonight, so I don't want to go too long. Um, and so, yo, what a lack of... Yeah, I've missed this. Eh? <laughs> feel God's presence here. So, um, I'm really optimistic about this year ahead. I really are just feeling the Lord... He's brought us into new spaces. He's brought us into growth over 2021 and 20. And I really just feel he's going to continue to do that in 2022. Um, but I'm also very aware that the last two years have been, uh, it's basically turned our lives upside down. there have been things we've never had to deal with. Um, and those things can be quite destructive in our lives. I think loneliness and loss of job and finances and mental health and health itself and losing Loved ones to death. And it's just been all over the place. The world's gone a bit crazy. And uh, it's so easy even to be Christians to lose the plot a little bit. And so this evening, when I'm feeling the Lord is saying to us, and I want to just, uh, I feel like he's setting this for the course of this year in a sense. Philippians 4 verses 4 says this. It says, Rejoice in the Lord always. And I say it again, rejoice. And I really feel like the Lord wants to encourage us tonight and we want to look at the word rejoice. So we'll look at the word joy. Rejoice in the Lord always. And I say again, rejoice. And it's so easy to lose joy. It's so easy to lose rejoicing because of the things that are going on. And can I I'm going to make an excla- a disclaimer. Joy comes and it can change everything. It doesn't mean that things are going to be easier or you're not going to feel pain. Okay. So I want to just make sure I don't want to, I want to bulldust us tonight. you know what I mean? It's like you can still feel pain and have joy. You can still have loss and have joy. And I want to look at the difference between happiness and joy and just quickly do that. And the kids are doing great, so well done. And I'm going to try to be as short as I can. But I haven't preached for a while, so oh, let's see what happens, you know. And so in a, in a sense, when Jesus says, rejoice in the Lord always, it almost feels like it's a command. Rejoice. And I say again, rejoice. And I, I want to start by the, by saying this: that I think joy and rejoicing is a choice. So you can wake up every morning, and I have the saying for myself, especially when the days get tough. I'm going to punch it in the face. So you wake up and you know today's going to be a hard one, and I think today I'm going to punch in the face. You're not going to get me today, day. And I have this little anger, rage thing towards the day and then trust God to come in and, <laughs> and do something. Is that a little bit too much, too soon? I don't know. Say it less too. violence against things that are going to hurt you. I don't know. That, maybe I messed it up. Thank, yeah, there should be one somewhere. <laughs> and so, <laughs> let me just carry on with my notes. Maybe I should just carry on with my notes, get myself into trouble. And so, I want to encourage you, if you're going through stuff, it's, it's part of life, but God can come in and change that. And Shift and even as a family, we've been through, yeah, worst probably worst Christmas ever, but we're still f- able to rejoice in a sense. There's still joy where there shouldn't be. And so, anyways, so let's look at the difference quickly difference between happiness and joy. I'm going to start with happiness. Happiness is hinged or it focuses on luck or good fortune or worldly pleasures, monetary stuff. The results are short term contentment on things that are outside of ourselves. It's just happiness is. Conditional at what's going on around us. We get a bonus. Yeah, I'm happy. We play sports. I'm happy. We have a good meal. We're happy. And it's just things that are in our lives, but they're superficial, if that makes any sense. Joy, on the other hand, is an overall happiness of the soul being satisfied inside of us. And that's long-lasting. It's actually eternal if it's in Christ. And so the one, one is determined on things around us, and material possessions and stuff. The other is a soul condition that only God can give, if that makes any sense. And so often we focus on the material things, the things that we can handle and see, and we forget that there's actually a spiritual dynamic that is around us. And so I want to look at four things very quickly when it comes to joy. The first thing is this, and it's a, a four questions. The first question is this, what determines our joy? I think it's a good starting point. What does what determines your joy? You're welcome to shout it out. I don't want to be the only one speaking tonight. Food. That may be happiness, but yeah. Life. What? Life. Wife. Oh, bro, that's brownie points. Oh, all the other husbands. You, you're like, yeah, I should have thrown that one out. Food, wife, yeah. What else? What determines our joy? Dogs. Okay. If you're a cat animal, maybe cats, I don't know. I just dogs. Yes, Bubsy. Cats. Oh, there's a cat lover there. Kittens. Do they? Circumstances? Maybe. Sorry? Okay. We got there. Actually, true joy. All those things are kind of true. But it's God who brings true joy because God is the only one that can give the soul rest and hope and peace. So, well done to everybody else. But whoever said it over here, you guys won. I should have bought some sweeties. Matthew 13:44. if you can put that up there for me, please. It says this. The kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field. Okay, so some commentators say that um, the kingdom of heaven, in other words, God, is like a treasure that is hidden in a field, which a man found... And covered up, and then, in his joy, he goes out and sells all that he has to buy that field and it 's a beautiful illustration of what joy is and finding God is about it's if God is a treasure in a field, and someone finds it, and it's and when he looks upon that treasure, they go like nothing that I own, nothing that I have, nothing that i 'll ever." Well, come close to that treasure. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna cover it up so no one else finds it, and I'm gonna go to just sell everything because it's worth. That one treasure is worth everything else that I own. That is the source of true joy. And you can see the difference between joy and happiness. Happiness is all those other things. It's the field. It's the grass. It's the sheep. I don't know what I own fields these days. Like, but this guy, he's like, no, no, no. I want the treasure hidden there. It's God. And so to start off 2022, I think a great way of starting is coming back to God. (laughs) And saying, "You, you are my everything. You are that treasure hidden in a field. Someone was quoted saying this, I find joy in every day, not because every day is good, but it's because God is good every day. It's beautiful, hey? And so not every day is going to be good, but we can have a good day because God is good. And he's dependable and he never changes and he's always the same. In other words, what we value or who we value actually determines our joy. And so if we say Jesus Christ is our everything, then joy should come from that because our treasure is in him and him alone. If we find our joy in money or in our boss providing for us, these things are good, or in physical, worldly things, then our joy is going to come from that, but it's not true joy. It's going, to, it's going to fade somewhere along the line. Only God can give us joy, biblical joy. Does it make sense? Matthew 6.21 says this, For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And it kind of fits in with that whole scripture of finding a treasure in the field, doesn't it? It's, and Ab- Abby moans at me quite a lot. Where she, uh, she was there, now she's gone. Uh, she moans at me quite a lot because I, um, I love life. Which is not a bad thing, I suppose. I love hobbies. I love trying new things. I love experimenting. But so, and I'm an all-or-nothing kind of guy. So when I go into something, I go into it big. And and every's like, she's like, already to me, what what are your hobbies for this year? What is she's trying to get a? What are you gonna? How are you gonna spend your money? What are you gonna spend your time on? You know, like. And she's already on my case because she knows. Like I'm looking for something. What do I, I want to make sour, sourdough bread this year. I want to do a whole bunch of stuff. And she's like, oh, uh, just carry on doing with the things that you're doing already. And, it's, and and she off, she brings she calibrates me because I'm so gunner at like trying new things, learning new things because I want to experience life that I throw my heart and soul and that becomes my treasure. And that's a very easy way of getting drawn away from what God wants. Does it make sense? Or is it just me? I don't know. It's just like, so <laughs> thank you. And maybe not so good. <laughs> so I need to pick and choose now, you know, like what, what determines, what, where's my heart at? Where's my treasure? What do I give my resources, my time, my energy to? And that's going to determine where your joy is going to come from. And if it's God, you've got joy. If it's stuff, you've got happiness. And we can choose. Do we want happiness that just doesn't last? Or do we want joy that takes us into eternity? It's our choice. So that's number one. Number two, we're actually going quite quickly. Second question is, what defines our joy? So if our source of joy is God, what defines that? And definition is this. If you, if you see these big bodybuilder guys, they get all bolted up and they look fat, right? Sometimes. Just don't tell them that, especially if they're bigger than you. But then, they come three months out of competition, and they start ripping, they start shredding. So they start dieting, they start taking less food, less water eventually, and everything. And they get defined, they get ripped, that you can see all the fibers of their, of their muscle, and their tissue, is kind of gone. And all there's left is this, hideously big guy, with lots of muscles popping out everywhere, and then they put that soft tan on it. I don't know why they do that, but that's weird. And, uh, it's like, oh, get that out of your mind, you know. And, and they define, and then they stand up there and they pose, like, Arr! and then like, everyone's like, Arr! and then they do the back thing. And depending on how defined they are oh, and how many muscle groups they can show, they win or not. Sorry? My what? No, no, no. No, no. No, no. Bodybuilding is not for me. Um, clearly not for me. It just takes so much work. I don't know if I can not eat that long. You know what I'm saying? And so that's what we're talking about. So if God is our joy, what defines that? What, what brings it to reality? What helps us live that out every day? What defines that? And if, it's in, if joy comes from God, then our definition has to come in Jesus, from him. Because he's the one that modeled this for us. He's the one that came from heaven, gave up his godly right, Become a man. We sang about it tonight. Lived on earth, blameless, and then went to the cross for us and died for us. And uh, so 1 Thessalonians 5, verses 16 to 18 Um, says this, Be joyful always, pray continuously, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. And so it's one thing to believe in God the Father and get your joy from Him. It's a whole other thing to actually be in Christ. And so if you think about it, I'm in the shirt right now. It doesn't make sense. I am. I'm in the shirt. I can't get out of the shirt unless I'm buttoning buttons. I'm not going to do that because I don't want the ladies to stumble. And oh, oh, some of the young guys are like, "Yeah, you old man. I'm more defined than you. Yeah, I got you there. eh? I'm in the shirt." I can't get out of it unless I get out of it. You know what I mean? And it's when it, you're either in Jesus or you're not. You can't have Jesus hanging a coat hanger next to you. <laughs> that would be weird coming to church half naked. You know what I'm talking about. Unless you're single and you're trying to find a spouse. But that wouldn't be a good thing either. You know what I mean? Don't do that, single people. At least we've got the young guys going. And so when you're in Christ, you're in Him. You can't get out of Him. He's got to be all around. Another quote that I found is this. Joy... Joy is not a feeling in response to for a fortunate event. This is happiness. It is not, a, a, and it fades away quickly as happiness, as happy situations pass. Joy is not a momentary response to, to love or sky or water. That is happiness, and it depends. When love is gone, the sky turns grey and the water turns into ice. No, joy is a condition of the spirit, which so fills my being. That no more amount of happiness can cost it out. That's joy. And it's only in Christ Jesus. You can try sport, you can try fashion, you can try food, you can try whatever you want to try. If you're not in Christ and you're not wearing Him, it won't define you. And so if you're in Christ, you can wake up every day choosing, I'm going to love those who are unlovable, I'm going to be patient when I don't want to be patient. I'm going to be generous when I shouldn't be. I'm going to love. Ah, I'm going to go the extra mile. I'm going to turn the extra cheek. It's in Christ. and It's only in Christ. Are you guys still with me? It's very hard. I forgot about the mask thing. It sucks because I can't see if you guys are still with me. Thirdly, and almost lastly. So, if God determines our joy and Jesus defines it, what distorts our joy? Because joy can be distorted, which leads to happiness, which leads to, yeah, okay. Circumstances can. The enemy can. Sorry. Bad choices, definitely. What else? Sorry. Shout up! I can't hear. Probably Distra- distractions. Someone said flesh. Yeah. Acceptance of the flesh. Sorry, say that again. Can be a distraction. So what distorts that? Okay, yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I get you now. So all these things are good. And there's a little word called sin. And some of these things that you've said, flesh, not accepting and choosing, all these things can turn to sin that can distort what God is doing in joy. And we can believe the happiness and not the joy. does it make sense. And so Hebrews 12 verses 1 and 2 says this. It says, since, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely. And let us run with endurance the race set before us. Look into Jesus. Again, remember, it's in Jesus, by God, in Jesus. Looking to Jesus, the founder and the perfecter of our faith. It's a beautiful scripture they say. It's like he, Jesus made a way for us to live like this. It's great. <laughs> for, for the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Yeah, that's just powerful scripture. It gets me all excited. Because what it's saying to us is if we have sin in our lives, it's going to distort the truth. But even Jesus came. And he looked at the cross, and I'm telling you now, he didn't want to go there, because I wouldn't want to go there. To the point that he actually sweated blood in the garden, going, Jesus, if this is is my will, just let me pass this thing through, but not my will, your will be done. He didn't want to go, because he knew how sucky it's going to be, and how painful it's going to be, and that he's going to do it, and people aren't going to even believe in him. But that scripture is a powerful scripture, because it says that he looked, and for the joy set before him, knowing what he was going to go through. He didn't choose sin. He chose righteousness. Yeah, that's cool. <laughs> you guys want to shake your head or something? I don't know. It's been a long time since we've been at church. I can see that. We were all rusty. Like, oh. Yeah. And so if you look at Genesis 3 and Matthew 4, there are three things that the devil uses. He used it in the Garden of Eden. He used it with Jesus In the the wilderness, when you're tempted in every way, there are three things that the devil likes to push buttons with, with people. The first is physical appetite. The second is personal gain. And the third is power and glory. And if you think about it, you went to Jesus and said, Jesus, surely you're hungry. I know you're hungry and you've been fasting for days. But surely, just turn that stone into bread, man. Surely, surely you're going to be fine. And what what sin does and what the devil does is you take something that's good. There's nothing evil in bread. And he just says, no, man, just, he turns it ever so slow, that's distortion, just ever so slightly. He says, Jesus, come on, and turn, turn those stones into bread. Allow your physical appetites to just take over. Ignore what God said and go into the wilderness and be led by the Holy Spirit to fast and pray for 40 days so that he can bring you into awesomeness. Just, just give that up for some bread. He takes something that's good and he goes, click. Think about it. It's so easy. Think about sex. Sex is great. Love it. Kids, Sorry. But outside of marriage it's sin because God designed sex for marriage. And it's such a good thing and it's such a healthy thing as in relationship, but outside of marriage it just gets distorted and pain and hurt and stuff happens. Think about it, like anything outside of Christ is sin. Are you guys with me? Okay. Personal gain. He says to you, the devil says to Jesus, Come on, man, just throw yourself off the temple. Because the, the word says, you, you, you won't strike your foot. you won't, Don't worry about it. You're saying, Jesus, become something that you're not. You know, like, and he responds, I am, and I'm not going to test God. It's not my place. So he says again, we are protected by the Lord. He is good to us. He's all powerful. He can save us from anything. He can heal anything. He can do that. But in his will, and outside his will, and the devil just distorts. And then, even the last one, power and glory, he says to Jesus, he takes him, and looks at all the kingdoms of the earth, and he says, doesn't check. I'll give this to you. You'll have all authority over you. <laughs> and Jesus said, No, it's not my time. I'm going to have that anyways. But I'm going to do it God's way. And those are always the way that the devil gets us. It's either by physical appetite, or what is the other one? Uh, or personal gain, or power and glory. The devil is the same. He's doing the same stuff over and over. And we should be better. We should know better, actually. <laughs> and so sin will definitely distort that. Solomon, Ecclesiastes 2, verses 10 to 11. Solomon, who was one of the most amazing, wise, rich people on the planet ever, says this. I deny myself nothing my eyes desired. I refuse my heart no pleasure. Sure, imagine that, eh, guys? How many hobbies could we have? Yes, it would be awesome. Thanks for laughing, Lorinda. My heart took the light in all my work, and this was the reward for my labor. Yet when I surveyed all that my hands had done and what I had toiled to achieve, everything was meaningless and chasing after the wind. Nothing was gained under the sun. What is is that? (laughs) So Solomon had everything he could ever desire. Now the kings and queens came from all the ends of the earth. To make him richer and bless him and come for his wisdom. Yet at the end of his life, when he wrote this, he said, hey, everything I've had is nothing. It's meaningless. Crazy, eh? And eventually, all his wives that he got led him away from the Lord. Yeah. Crazy, eh? Because he was running after, I think, happiness and not joy, actually. And then lastly, and this is a very short point. The Last one is, what displays our joy? So what determines it, what defines it, what distorts it, and what displays your joy. You can't do it by yourself, you know that. You can try as hard as you can as a person and and you can probably get away with it for a bit. You could probably trick us, actually. You could probably trick your husband or wife for a while. But eventually the act's gonna come to an end. And the reality of what your heart and your soul is longing for is just gonna you're gonna collapse. And then the true colors are going to come out. So my question as I end, and I, I was hoping this would be a little bit more encouraging. It feels like it's a little bit, is it encouraging? It just it doesn't feel like it to me. Maybe it's because I haven't preached for like a hundred years or whatever. But what displays our joy has to be and can only be the Holy Spirit. Because I can try in my flesh as Brett to do it the best I can and I'll probably get away with it for a bit. But it's only by the Spirit of God. So it's we find joy in God the Father in Jesus Christ and by the Holy Spirit. You can see the Trinity coming in here. And that's when true joy comes and happiness fleets or runs away or dissolves or whatever you want to call it. And uh, I say that because of this. Galatians 5 verses 22 to 26 says this. But the fruit of the Spirit, the fruit of the Spirit, it's the display. And if you go to the shops, they change the displays all the time. Have you noticed that? You go to your favorite shop, I love like Cape Union Mart. I love that blades and triggers. I love knives and guns and axes and stuff. It's really cool. And every time I go, they've changed the display. Because, why? Because they want to get your attention. Oh, there's something new there. Oh, I hope Abby lets me buy a knife today. Nope, not that hobby this year. Or if you go got a cotton on or whatever, you, whatever your thing is. Sports You check, they're changing. They want to display something to draw you in. And so when it comes to living in Christ, for Christ, with Christ, If you want to display your joy to the world, and I'm telling you now, the world does not have joy. They do not have peace. They might have money. They might have possessions. But I'm telling you now, they don't have joy. (laughs) Only those in Christ, by the Holy Spirit, have joy, true joy. And so in order for us to display that to the world, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Listen to this. Against such things there is no law. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and its desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. And the only way that our joy is going to be seen is if we allow the Holy Spirit to reveal it. Does it make sense? And so as we go into this first week kind of thing of the new year, could I ask with all my heart for you to spend time with the Lord this week to think about some of these scriptures and to say, God, I want to choose joy this year. I want to choose your life. I want to choose your peace. I want to choose you. That's kind of what I'm saying tonight. I want 2022 to be about you, not about stuff, not about events, Not about what people think of me. I want it to be about you. Because joy is not the absence of suffering or pain or disappointment or lack of things. Joy, it is the presence of God. It is the presence of God. Joy is the presence of God. It's not the absence of those things. It's the presence of God. And when the presence of God is there, we can get through anything. Does it make sense? And so Philippians 4 verses 4 says this again. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. So I want to pray over us tonight. I really feel this is going to be a great year. I think we're going to have lots of fun. I think God is going to do amazing things in us. I think it's going to be lighter than the last few years. I feel like freedom is going to come. I feel like joy is going to come. Really, I do. I'm not just saying this. I really believe this with all my heart. As I've been spending time with Him over this Christmas time, I really feel like, we're on that cusp of something freaking amazing. I'm not saying freaking sorry, but just amazing. It's like, sorry, sorry, I'm trying. It was my first time tonight. Something, but I think it's a choice to have God in the middle of everything, of everything. And so I'm going to pray for us and just trust that His Holy Spirit will do that. And if you are here tonight and you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, can I just ask you, before you leave this place tonight, just grab someone if they brought you, if you say, hey, pray with me. I want to. I want, to, I want to know this joy that you've been speaking about, Brad. I, I want to accept Jesus as my Lord and Savior. I, want, I don't want to, the world to determine how I feel. I want God to determine how I feel. Please do that before you leave. So, Father, thank you for our kids. They've been amazing tonight. They could just be with us like this, that we could have this family time together. Thank you for what you're doing in us, Lord. Thank you for this new year that's ahead of us. And, Lord, I'm really excited what you're doing. Lord, I want to pray for us as a congregation here that you will just pour your joy upon us. Despite the circumstances or what's going on or whatever, Lord, that we will find our joy in you this year. Lord, I pray that you'll give us just a, a strength this year, Father. Lord, that you'll give us a perseverance like never before. Father, that you'll give us a new courage to find you, God, daily. Lord, that we can display your goodness to the world around us that when we're walking in the shopping centers or down the roads or if we're in the sports fields or wherever we are at work, Lord, that people come to us and go, man, there's something different about you. What is that thing that's different about you? Lord, that you'll open up many doors for us to share the goodness of our God that we serve. So thank you for this time, God. Praise you, Father God. Amazing King. Amen. Amen. Are they all right, whoever that kid is? is doesn't sound good. Uh, <laughs> I just hope the parents there. Anyone parents there? Gerald? Is everyone right? Okay, okay, cool. Thanks. That was that was nice and quick. Woohoo! So having said that, coffee shop is open. Please fellowship. Put on some music, Josh. If there's someone they haven't met before, meet them. Love you guys and enjoy the rest of your week. Amen. Cheers.